We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Veterans Minimum. At Veterans Minimum is where you can find the show. At the Lame Shows, you can find me, my guy, A double L E N, back in the building. Finally, let you in. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I got no phone calls, I got no text messages, and then I'm sitting here. Shouts to Eric in the background, man, producer Eric, video editor Eric, and. I texted him, like, yo, ETA, because you said you'd be here around yeah. 7. You're like, bro, I've been outside for 10 minutes. I'm like, what the fuck? It's and then a, Eric could have tested it, too. That, I just, like, walked, ran out. Thankfully, it's over 40 degrees, which is a rarity yeah. in, for New York winter. So yeah, right before, it, it, was, it wasn't too bad. Right before New Year's. Yeah. Dude, uh, how was your holiday, man? Oh, uh, we had to keep it low-key, but managed through it. I got to mention Vikings defense. I'm a firm support of the Vikings, and they just had to allow Alvin Kamara to break records. And, you know, I lost my fancy championship, but... It, it, you gotta take it you gotta take it it was crazy i actually had mike evans and i thought oh okay i might get back into this and then the guy i had against i was playing against had like uh gaskin and waller that night and i was like all right well that's pretty much it and I, I had like hawkinson Ayuk too you know backup qbs don't help anything but uh i don't know i think we're coming off a really good week for football and i'm just amazed at how crazy the afc is right now i think that's like the biggest pressing thing besides the breaking news that just happened a few hours ago yeah man right before we started recording Dwayne Haskins released. Eric said that he saw it coming. I didn't see it coming, bro. There were inklings. Yeah, but to to cut him? It's a statement. Sure, if you want to change the culture of the franchise, yeah, yeah w- without a doubt. But uh, I, th- I think that was, a li- that was definitely a shock to me when I woke up and saw that. Because I took a nap. Uh, I woke up. I saw the breaking news. And then that's mm-hmm. when I texted mm-hmm. you. I was like, yo, we got to talk about this one, too. So, part of it makes me think they're confident Alex Smith's going to play. But then the other part, just like, okay, there's it's been rumblings for like six months now that this is probably not going to work out. Because remember, Hessens, there were even reports going back in the summer about Ron Rivera not particularly liking him too much. There were even buzzes about maybe Kyle Allen could play at some point. And what do you know, Kyle Allen eventually comes in in what, late September, early October. 
So I think it was just kind of like the right on the wall. They, and you look at Haskins, this situation, this is one of the most cleanest opportunities you could ask for as a young quarterback. Like Washington, they've needed a quarterback for so long. and Because you see certain organizations where the leash for a young quarterback is not that long. I feel like with Washington, he had every opportunity and he blew it. And, you know, based with the whole strip club situation and then just in that moment, look completely lost. Like, I didn't watch every play of that game, but, like, every moment you saw, like, Washington, like, make a mistake, it was on him. He was missing open receivers. He wasn't making the right reads. Like, he just looked like a complete liability. And between that and then what happened last week, it's just, I don't know how you could rely on him, so... I could totally understand why they did. I know some people are saying it wasn't a PR good PR look. They should cut him after the whole strip club thing. Look, he's a foreign first round pick, and they're in a situation where they could win division. All they had to do is win one game. So I can understand why they want to give him every opportunity to prove himself. But I think to fall apart like he did against a pretty below average Carolina team had to be done. Especially when Carolina has nothing to play for. Mm-hmm. They don't have playoff aspirations. And they have one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah. yeah. If there was ever a get right spot, it would it would be that one. Right. As a Giant fan who still have a chance at the playoffs, I'm devastated that they cut Dwayne Haskins because I was hoping he would start on yeah. Sunday against the Eagles. <laughs> because you know this Dallas is all of a sudden probably the favorite to to make it. I mean, if if Washington loses and either the Giants or Cowboys win, whoever wins that wins the division. Washington, like you said, win and you're in. They're playing the Eagles. They're playing in Philly. So you do do have that. That's why I'm a little optimistic. But I want to go back to the start for Dwayne Haskins. As a Giants fan, I remember when the Giants took Daniel Jones in that class. He's on his phone. And you hear him. You see him sort of go (laughs) when they draft Daniel Mm -hmm. Jones, right? And then he goes number 15 or 17. Uh, 15. 15, and then he says, oh, they go regret that they pass on me. No. No. No, from day one, I was off Haskins. I didn't like Haskins from the beginning. He, I'm not a fan of that kind of quarterback, that one-hit wonder in college who comes from a system that's a one-read-and-go kind of guy. It's hard for those kind of dudes to pan out. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, you could say, bro, Joe Burrows looks fantastic. Right, but Joe Burrow had an all-time season in college, and he also looked apart more than Dwayne Haskins did, mm-hmm. in my opinion, at least. So with Dwayne Haskins, I I am surprised that they cut him. It's interesting. I don't think he gets picked up because at this point, who's going to pick him up? You think a playoff team would pick him up? I don't think like I think these teams have insurance policies. Exactly, yeah. and if if you know, God forbid your starter goes down. You're not going to go to a guy in a playoff game. You just signed off waivers. Yeah. Maybe something drastic with the Rams. If they make the playoffs and Goff's still not back and the backup QB is a complete nightmare. But I just think right now Haskins needs a couple of months to himself and just to get himself right. Like, I, I, like even what he did, I didn't think was that uh, like that despicable. Like, okay, went to a strip club, no, not wearing masks. It's a bad look. But people are calling for for him to be released after that, and it's like, look, you could do a lot worse. And, yeah, you yeah. could definitely do a lot worse. Yeah. I think I think it's it's really weird that that's the request that people had for him to be released like right away, right? right. Like, I get it, man. You're you're the quarterback of an NFL franchise, mm-hmm. one of the more marketable and rich franchises mm-hmm. in the league. There is a leadership 
aspect to it where, yeah, you know what? If you're the starting quarterback, maybe you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Right? You should be more responsible. You're given the keys to the kingdom mm-hmm. as a franchise guy. So I get that. He's a young kid, too. Yeah. My concerns with him go it's on, even on the field. <laughs> before, like, yo, what about last year in his first start? The the team gets the ball back on offense, and he's, like, taking selfies with fans. Remember, he's taking right. selfies with fans in the crowd. And, That's when they beat Detroit. Yeah, yeah. And, and just, like, weird shit like that where you, you're not established yet, bro. Like, you're not – you know who can act a fool? Pat Mahomes could act a fool. Mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes could go into the crowd and take selfies with people. Right. And, and Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert could do that because mm-hmm. it's like – all right, we know there's no debate in LA about Justin Herbert being the future of that franchise. Right, yeah. There's no debate about Joe Burrow in Cincinnati being mm-hmm. the face of that franchise, right? And I get he's hurt now, but I'm saying just the the equity that those guys have built up and the cachet. You just have to have a little more self awareness if you're if you're a quarterback, yeah. especially. There's a crazy stat uh, since 2000. You know, when it comes to first round quarterbacks, only four have been uh, cut. Uh, within three years so we have brandon whedon paxton lynch and johnny manziel the big and now obviously haskins the big difference with those three it would they were cut between the second and third year haskins was cut before the second year was even done and you have the question is obviously maturity you know coming out he had two years of eligibility left and just for someone like ron rivera because i know ron rivera is known as disciplinarian but he's He's a very much a player's coach, so there had to be more than just what happened with the strip club incident for this decision to be made. Like I, had, like I said, it had to be months in advance where he just he was getting very frustrated. It seems weird because I don't know if it might be. There has to be more to this because you would see the videos. I know my buddy Josh, our friend Josh, mm-hmm. is a big Washington fan, and he would send videos of Alex Smith getting tackled on the sidelines and the first person to pick him up is Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. And there was that rapport between the two of them, sort of how you see Fitzpatrick with Tua mm-hmm. in Miami. There seemed to be like a big brother, little brother thing where Alex Smith must have known or assumed that, you know, this isn't a forever thing with me. Like this is the guy that they want to groom to be the heir apparent to become the guy in Washington. But there has to be there. There's definitely more to it, though, too. I would agree with you. Also, Ron Rivera making this move is very alarming because, like you said, he's a guy who is well respected in the league. He's a player's coach. I mean, when he got fired from Carolina last year, I just remember the outpour of cries from former players and current mm-hmm. players like, yo, that's my dog. That's yeah. my guy. And that's very telling as well. And that's why you got a job a month later. You yeah. have to sit out a year. They're like, OK, you're going to get opportunities and. Uh, I thought he was going to go to the Giants or Jaguars, but Washington gave him the chance. Yeah, I'm starting to come around on Joe Judge, but I definitely mm-hmm. wanted Ron Rivera because mm-hmm. Ron Rivera is the kind of coach, man, he could change the culture of, yeah. of your franchise around immediately. Yeah. And that's not a good roster. Like yeah. The fact that Washington is like competitive, Like you look at the offensive personnel without McLaurin yesterday, like Logan Thomas, the tight end, Jake, uh, J.D. McKissick, at running back, like these guys were playing different positions like three, four years ago, just trying to make a roster. Mm-hmm. And now they're key players within your offense. Like, it, it, I, they're like two, three years ahead of schedule when it comes to competing. Now, granted, they're playing the worst division in mm. 50 years, but you know, Ron damn, Rivera, it's been that bad. I mean, yeah, six wins probably going to win the division. It's yeah, when you think about it, like there's been seven, nine winners, there have been seven, eight, and one Carolina in 2014, but like six and ten, that's brutal. And like if the Giants win it, the, the main reason they won it is because they're four and two in the division. They've really they've only won two games at a conference. It was Seattle and or at division, I should say. It's Seattle and who else they beat? Cincy? Yeah. 
So, you know, it's not just a bad division, but like I feel like the teams in that division pretty much beat each other. But you look at their record probably outside the NFC East, and it's oh, it's abysmal. Yeah. yeah. So. What would you say? This was a, a talking point that I really wanted to have with you. As a football fan, and I'm going to try not to be biased. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to win the NFC East? I still want Washington. Yeah, I think it's a cool story, and I've always been more of a defensive guy. So. All right, podcast over. Yeah, well, <laughs> look, I'm 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 intrigued at what the Giants are doing, but that Browns game was top five worst games I've ever watched in my life. Like it was bad. Like that Giants offense, I know it was Colt McCoy up back there, but they just looked hopeless. And I just I don't want to see. I know and. You can make this argument because whoever wins the division is probably going to play Tampa, and the Giants gave Tampa a real good game a couple mm-hmm. months ago. So you could make that argument. But it's just Giants offense right now looks unwatchable. And, yeah, they got good defense, but I don't think they have the defense of personnel where I get, like, overly excited about it. Like, they have good, solid foundation, you know, so- solid, you know, complementary pieces. Then you obviously get your, you know, Bradbury's missed stud. But I just, you know, Washington, you, know, you got Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, you know, Sweat and uh, De'Aaron Payne, like I love that defensive line. So, just me personally, I would love to see Washington and you know, for having the respect that I have for Ron Rivera. I was like, okay, I think they could probably, you know, not push Tampa Bay to the brink, but they could make it a little difficult. Like, I could see them giving Brady some issues where Brady gets frustrated a little bit. Dallas, I don't think Dallas has the okay, they got the skill position players, but I don't see Andy Dalton lasting for too long. And we already know about that Dallas defense, and the Giants is just. I just I think I look at Daniel Jones. I'm like, this is probably gonna be a two three turnover game. So I'm gonna arrive at Washington. I hope they pull it off. I'm so conflicted because the Giants haven't looked good since and you the, and I were texting about Seattle game. The after the Seattle game, you yeah. text me. You go, yo, I'm looking forward to watching the Giant playoff game with you. And then I was like, yo, we're throwing a crazy playoff party at the studio. <laughs> hey, it can still happen. Hey. And they haven't won since. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of underestimate how tough their schedule was because, look, they have, it's not like they've been playing such. But, yo, to be fair, dude, after you beat Seattle, momentum's high. 13 point underdog on the road, yeah. the way they looked, you're saying to you, with Cole McCoy, you're like, yo, they get Daniel Jones back. Like, you already you already won a game that you weren't supposed to. Yeah, the Arizona game, I, that was a huge letdown for me. Yeah. Because Arizona's looked very sketchy, and it's just, you know, they it was pretty decisive how they lost. You know, so, yeah, look, they still got hope, but. It, it's it's never a good thing to be in a position in week 17 where you don't control your own destiny. Like yeah. you, you, you need outside support and from Philly out of all places. But I don't know. I just, I kind of like the Washington story. I just, I think just the way they've kind of overachieved a little bit this year. And I just, I look at the matchup because, you know, I look at all three teams, how they would fare against Tampa Bay. I really don't want Dallas because I just think Dallas, even though they have these skill position players, it's like, you know, Andy Dunn's going to falter at some point and Brady's probably going to put up at least. 35 on them like so. on that defense too especially. yeah so i really have zero interest in seeing dallas it'll probably be the washington giants and then you know the cowboys from from an offensive skill standpoint i think dallas would give them the most headaches for tampa bay it's just they have no o-line either you got block yeah. barrett jpp sue like and you know, Bulls brings those blitzes. That's why, like, okay, they got they got some players. Like, right, look, man, throw up to Michael Gallup and those Tampa corners. That's where you want to, you know, exploit. But I just I can't see them holding up against Tampa. I, you got, you need to make it ugly if you play Tampa. Well, the the and yeah, I'm I'm one thousand yeah. percent biased. But the the sto- from a storyline perspective, the answer is the Giants. 
Oh, Giants against Brady. Yeah. Like that's, dude, that's a wet dream of mine. Yeah, for them to beat, yo, it would make twenty twenty one for me. The Giants play Tampa Bay in the playoffs at home, and they they beat Brady. Oh, oh, man. Three and zero in the playoffs when it matters most, like Damn, dude. Now you're dreaming. Now you're dream, dream. Nah, I am. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> we're like, just trying to get the Sunday. <laughs> yeah, but I. But it's look. It's a. It's a good. It's a good opportunity for. Yeah. Honestly, for all these, all these teams have a chance. And now with who knows who's going to play quarterback for Washington at the time we're recording, Heineke is going to play quarterback. It seems like, or yeah. if Alex Smith is cleared, and I, then they just signed the dude off the practice squad. I watched Heineke 2018 play the Falcons. That was like a couple days before Christmas. It was. He looked lost. But yeah. Now, granted, this was 2018, and who knows? But uh, what I was gonna mention before about was it Dallas? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm in, like I don't know. Are like people that buzzed about Dallas? Like, do you think it's like okay, they got the skill position players, but do people really want to see Dallas? Like, continue make this push? Like, they have like this fanfare behind them because I feel like they've been pulling off some wins, but it's been pretty much on the radar. People are like, ah, whatever. I. I, honestly, I think no one wants to see an NFC East team in the playoffs. Well, well that's obvious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, with Dallas, I, uh, the cachet of them being America's team and a popular team, I get that. You know, you, it'll probably be. I'll tell you this much: if the the Saturday night game will probably be Dallas Tampa prime time. You put that on there, Brady oh, against the Cowboys. Man. Andy Dolan, all right. <laughs> there is that as well, yeah. but you know, it's it's weird, man. That's. You tell, about, you tell me if like a Pittsburgh Baltimore happens, oh, I gotta put that. What would you say in the AFC is the matchup you're most looking forward to? I'm talking about like playoff wise, because for the most part, the AFC is kind of. I don't. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, because Pittsburgh's still playing for a two seed, mm. and that affects Cleveland because they're playing each other. Uh, Buffalo, if they win tonight, they are still playing for a two seed. They affect Miami. In, Colts are still lurking. That's right. I think other than yeah, the, other yeah. than the Ravens, because their Ravens are playing the Bengals, like I, that wild card situation is still a lot to be determined, especially with C. And that's why I'm just thinking of random matches in my head. Like, oh, imagine Pittsburgh, Baltimore again, or even Baltimore, Buffalo, because who will want to see Lamar on Saturday night? So, but I think it's more of I don't know who we think is going to fall out. Like, do do because Indy's playing Jacksonville, so Indy's going to be in a prime position. Issue is they don't control their destiny. Now it comes down to your Miami or Cleveland, who's going to because they're playing you know, top opponents. Man, Cleveland, what a bad break for dude. If you lose to the Jets, you shouldn't make the playoffs. That should be that. Should be uh, I'm going to put asterisk just because of the whole COVID situation. No, I know, I know. That's why I was saying the yeah. bad break where yeah. they lost what all five of their wide receivers, four of their wide receivers, four receivers. They lost uh, Willis and Teller to their best offensive linemen. I know they lost a couple Goodson linebackers. Goodson was out too. Yeah, so. Fucking guy leaves the Giants and he's playing at such a high level, bro. It's so annoying. You gotta get out of there. You do, yeah. It seems like it. But, but I don't know, and who knows if they're gonna be back in time. And as bad as Pittsburgh has looked, they're still. Well, I will say that that win that they had against the Colts was it was a good comeback, great comeback. Yeah. yeah, it seemed like Ben was more willing to get hit in that game. Like it seemed like that whole quick get the ball out shit. It seemed like he was a little old school, Ben. Like there, you saw sometimes guys were draped on him. He was still standing in the pocket. So I don't know if that was a product of game environment or something. Yeah, the matchup. 
because you know uh, Matt Ephralias, the defense coordinator, his defense is built on we were taking everything underneath. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna make sure not we. They're a very under- heavy zone yeah. scheme defense. That's yeah. why they they like they signed Xavier Rhodes and they got Kenny Moore, a bunch of those guys. So I could see why Ben was be able to be a little bit more aggressive. And look, he has the personnel to do it. Like I still say, Pittsburgh is top three receiving corps outside of Tampa and Dallas. I think you look at their receiving units across the league. I would take Pittsburgh's over the rest. If you want to look at a trio or even four. What about Kansas City? Or Seattle, too. Maybe I top five. Yeah. No, because but they're, you, they're, you, you look at Johnson, Claypool. Remember Smith when Schuster. I spent the whole offseason talking about the sure. Giants being in that discussion, too? Well, they need a legit number one. <laughs> <laughs> you got a couple of slot guys and a deep threat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, dude, I uh, I agree with you, man. I think Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh needed that one. I think that was a big win for Pittsburgh mm-hmm. because – no team in NFL history ever started the year off 11 and 0 and dropped four games in a row. So that was a big wow. one for them that they they came out with that. And also, I think Pittsburgh the the defenses have really gotten the defense has really gotten banged up. Like they've lost a lot of big names on that defense mm-hmm. this year. And I'm so conflicted on the AFC because what do you think is happening with Kansas City? You watched them yesterday. Aren't they the one seed? Yeah, they are. Yeah. But I know I'm going to bitch and moan about a team that has lost one game all year. Mm-hmm. But already they're saying that they're going to rest starters for week 17. How about this? How do you feel about that? You've clinched the one seed. You're going to rest your players week 17. So in theory, when you come back for the divisional game, you haven't played in three weeks. It could be dicey. And you know firsthand, remember Green Bay... They took a couple weeks off. They played the Giants and they looked sloppy. They like game was eight, over in they, the first half. They had like eight drops. So, but I just think this Kansas City team is so battle tested. So I, that's why I'm still kind of confident, especially with their coaching staff as well. Uh, with you know, they don't give enough. Spec Noel doesn't get enough credit. He gets forgotten about there because they talk all the talk with Andy Reid and Eric Benry. I think Spec's done a real good job over there because they don't have the best personnel. And yeah, teams could get at them on the ground. But the way they've rebuilt their secondary, and then especially the blitz packages they were using, like, man, they were getting after Matt Ryan. Now, I know a lot of defenses have gotten after Matt Ryan this year, but Kansas City, I think with Spagnolo, I just I trust how experienced they are and just given the personnel. And I think a couple guys, I know Watkins got injured and Tyreek Hill's been battling an ankle issue. So I think the extra rest would definitely benefit them. And I think they hope Mitchell Schwartz will probably get back at some point. He's their best tackle. And uh, I think Mahomes getting hit a little too much lately. Like, they've replaced him with Mike Remmers. And Mike Remmers is like this journeyman. He's never been good. So, uh, no, I think the I'm 100% behind them resting everyone and just getting healthy. Yeah. You know what they shouldn't be doing? Fucking fourth and one passes to your 500 million dollar investment <laughs> like why are you doing that it makes no sense to like me. they're having fun man like i think they knew they had the one seat let's experiment so i i get what you mean though like they're a little they get a little towards us just on fourth down but you're playing pretty bad atlanta team you know have some fun bro listen no i disagree right. wholeheartedly all right i know you want to have fun right yeah. you're having fun with your jet motions and shit and i get that yeah. and and like I'll do a flea flicker, but as long as they did, it, they did. By the way, they did a spin move 
within the snap like they all like did like a spin move they were like lined up in the pistol i was like oh my what is about to happen here <laughs> yo i don't want mahomes going and trying to catch fade passes like no i'm no. just letting go across the middle and keanu neal because keanu neal ended up getting the interception but could you imagine mahomes running like a post and like keanu is right there keanu just lays him out like oh, now that that i would not be but it was like a what was he ran like a fade in a way or like a wheel route so I understand, like, Mahomes, if he lands the wrong way, dislocates his elbow. All right, then. Bro, what if the guy just laid him out? Well, you got the 15-yard penalty. Yeah, but <laughs> fuck, dude. No, I saw that. But we like, see quarterbacks move around, like, you know, on trick plays. Like, you see Baker catch a few passes. We've seen in the past Andy Dalton. Yeah, they're you know. not worth $500 million. I know, but it's still franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, all right. He's, they need these players, so. It's just so crazy. I saw that play and I was like, "What is going on? What are we doing?" Imagine he caught it. Like, yeah, what yeah imagine he just. Mo- <laughs> Yo, do you get cut if you're the DB? No, Kanye's had a great year. I'm pro Kanye. But he does get violated, like in film, right? Yeah, he just tough. got mossed by the quarterback. Yeah. It, it, that would have been a bad look. You know, even though he's got a he's got a collection of people who he's taken souls from. Man, I really I do think that Kansas City. Um, I'm not going to shy away from still saying that they're the heavy favorite and they are in the driver's seat. You know, I was looking at the schedule the last couple of weeks, Alan, and dude, we're recording prior to the Monday Night Football game, but Buffalo is a seven-point favorite against New England, mm-hmm. and it's a big game for Buffalo. Still have a chance at the two-seed. Yo, if it's not for that Hale Murray, you're looking at a team that has like a seven-eight game winning streak, man. Dude, they are a legit threat. They are, and their defense is starting to come along. Right. The offense is, I mean, Josh Allen is playing at a really high level. And John Brown's supposed to be coming back. He's a huge threat. Anytime you get a vertical threat like John Brown, that's big. And it's just crazy seeing how this the chemistry between him and Beasley. Mm. I'm loving that dynamic. And then Gabriel Davis will pop up with a couple of nice big plays. They just have a fun, young offense filled with playmakers. You know, I like everything that they've done the last two years and that's exactly how you should build your roster where you find a quarterback a young dude and you see in year one that he has flashes and then you say to yourself let's go and surround them with some pieces and they did with john brown they did addressing it in the draft with some pieces that they brought in gabriel davis uh devin singletary um zach moss this year as well and then you trade an asset for an established wide receiver and stefan diggs and buffalo is weird you know how i feel about buffalo dude I can see them win the AFC, but I can also see myself gathering the money from Patreon and betting against them in the wild card round. It's Josh Allen. I hate to say it. Yeah, like their defense is a little vulnerable. Don't get me wrong, but it's just you never know one of those games where Josh Allen is high of a level he's playing. He's still kind of volatile to the point where he will take a few chances and uh, kind of cost you the game. But I think the guidance of Brian Dayball, who will be getting a lot of attention come January, you're going to see him get ton of interviews i think he's one of the top offensive uh, minds out there uh, one of the top coaching candidates i think what he's done especially when you look at games against san francisco and even the pittsburgh game like i just josh Allen looks so assured of himself like he just looks poised he's ready to just it doesn't matter how tight the window is he's gonna make the throw like uh, he, he's definitely looked like a top five quarterback at times this year which is why i'm really confident with buffalo like i don't think josh allen will lose them a game they will probably lose them a game if anything would just be uh they they just can't score enough points against kansas city probably because i do think kansas city buffalo i'm pretty confident that's probably an afc championship game that'd be a good one 
because I just think Buffalo's too good right now offensively, and I don't know any other AFC teams that could really hold them to under 30 points but then score enough points either. Like maybe Baltimore, but like I'm not trusting Pittsburgh and – Look, I love Tennessee, but Tennessee's defense is a complete wreck. <laughs> they had the snow with them last night, and they had no chance of stopping Rodgers and Adams, and A.J. Dillon was looking like young Michael Turner out there just rumbling through. Yo, <laughs> that's a great comparison. Holy shit. Everyone was saying Eddie Lacy. I'm like, man, he looks like Michael he Turner. He does look like Michael Turner. Bro, I was watching the game at Dominic's crib, <laughs> and he was saying to me, he said uh, – Yo, he reminds me of someone. And we couldn't we couldn't make out who the player was that yeah. we were thinking about. And now that you said Michael Turner, it's big thighs. It's perfect, yeah. man. So I just I love everyone knows I love Tennessee, but that defense is they have fourteen sacks in like fifteen games. Like and yo, well, even if if you shut down Henry, yeah, if they play from if behind. you make him one dimensional, bro, yeah. it's it's tough, dude. Yeah. And also AJ Brown, he catches a twenty yard pass and then he hobbles to the sideline. Oh, that's my guy, man. Yeah, I like <laughs> AJ Brown, dude. He yeah. he kind of reminds me of Julio a little bit. That's what that's why he that, wore the jersey. That's a comparison. Yeah. 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 Oh, they also wear number eleven as right. well. And he's so, he, he's so good after the catch. You mentioned yeah. the offensive coordinator for Buffalo, Dable. Mm-hmm. What would you say of all the free head coach openings which one do you think is the most intriguing i've been saying houston for a bit now but yo what about hold on now that you said that yeah what about houston not having a first round pick and it's a that's a problem but like you you heard that jj watt press comments like there clearly is something deeply wrong in there it's not just the wasted draft picks not just the cap situation although no i think their cap situation is pretty good i think it's just not having basically no draft picks and so many holes in our roster. But you know, I thought just from what I gathered from listening to J.J. Watt, it just seems like there's a lot of players that either don't want to be there or have no business playing in the NFL. So, I don't know, that press conference really scared me off because if you have someone like J.J. Watt coming out like that, J.J. Watt's the most personable, most player-friendly guy. Like, he is someone that just, he loves life. Like, you know J.J. Watt's this positive guy. And for him to come out like that, and he, of course, he's saying names because he wants to respect, you know, Romeo Carmel and the whole organization. But I just thought that two-minute conference, I think it's going to be very eye-opening. Well, I also think J.J. Watt's probably looking at it like, yo, I don't have many years left in the league. Mm-hmm. We finally have a guy that's not an asshole at quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Bro, Watson is having a fantastic year this year. Dude, he's year. amazing. He's having such a good year. Yeah. And no one's talking about him because... He's on a team that's won four games, right? And yeah. the situation has been so bad. Like you look at both games against Indy, fumbling at the five yard line, kind of a freak play, and then Kuti fumbles at the two yard line. They could have beat Indy twice these last three weeks. Yeah, or month, whatever. Maybe. Well, yeah, man, yeah. and you know, JJ Watt's probably looking at that like, "Yo, dude, I had to deal with Brian Hoyer, Brandon Whedon, Osweiler, and we finally have a guy. Like, let's rally behind them. Let's play better. Let's get guys in here that want to win and compete." Mm-hmm. And it could be devastating for a guy that's been on a team for, for so long. It's, you know, it, one one interview, you mentioned the interview that he had in the post game, Dude, there was one time it was when A.B. left Pittsburgh to go to Oakland. Larry Fitzgerald was at a panel. And they asked him about that. And Larry Fitzgerald said, man, don't take it for granted playing with an elite quarterback. Because Fitzgerald's played with. A cast of legends also, right? The two, the two, three years he had, his best seasons came with Kurt Warner, that run that he, they went on. Yeah. And then when he had Carson Palmer. 
And Larry Fitzgerald was like, man, you don't, you know, and you don't know what you have until it's gone. Mm. And you've seen it over and over again. The wide receiver, when he leaves for greener pastures and gets paid in the offseason and he goes to a new team, new quarterback. Well, you don't bring the quarterback that made you successful to come over there. Right. Like I, I've at nauseum, I've talked about this in the past. And I think what you're looking at with like a guy like Watson in this situation that they have down there, it's mm. Yo, we, we have some good pieces on this team, and we have the main piece, which is a good quarterback. Yeah. And I think it's – that's the position I would – that's the – yeah, the head coaching position that I would pick. But it's weird because they have the quarterback, but then they have no assets. Right. And it's actually not my pick anymore. Not just because of J.J. Watt's uh, comments, but just through doing research the past few weeks and now seeing the position they're in. I'm going with Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is the best spot right now. Really? Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, 11 draft picks, and most cap space in the league. They have a lot to work with, and they're not in any rush to compete. I think Coach Sells and the new GM as well. So I think they're in a position where you, know, you could just build something from within within two, three years and then contend. Like I just compare because I think an organization like Houston – Obviously, Atlanta, like, there's going to be pressure immediately. Even though it's, they'll say, oh, we're kind of rebuilding, I just feel like, oh, we kind of have the talent here where it's like we really, really at least want to be compete for a playoff spot. With Jacksonville, I feel like, man, you can get at least two two-year ride, if not three years. And just between Lawrence and now like 11 draft picks, that's huge. So to me, I would say Jacksonville, and I think you're going to you're going to hear you know, former executives or even analysts talk about it. Hmm. Definitely didn't cross my mind. You've swung me on it. Also, they got a good running back in James Robinson, undrafted this year, balling out. They got DJ Chark, who's there as well. You also to keep in mind, like who? What else is out there? No one's gonna pick Detroit. Um, no one's gonna pick the Jets. I think Atlanta's their roster's still a little bit old right now, and the cap situation is not good. So I think it does come down to Jacksonville and Houston, and. I just I've been reading a lot about Jacksonville. I'm like, okay, I'm seeing the vision. It's it's intriguing. Hey man, you bring up a compelling point. It's hard to disagree with that. Mm -hmm. Especially if you believe in Lawrence. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you believe in Lawrence and you take on that job, like that's a that's a good one there. Yeah, you know, and think about that division too. It's not that outrageous if Jacksonville if they get Lawrence and he pans out Mm -hmm. and they make some free agent moves, like you said with the cap space, like they could compete with it, right it's away. Always, it's always been like that. Yeah. That's why I wasn't – that's what people like on Twitter were telling me, oh, why would Ben and me pick uh, – why would he pick Houston over Atlanta? Like, come on, Atlanta has a superior roster, a better team. Like, Houston, they're in cap hell. Uh, not cap hell. They have no no draft picks. The roster is bad. But I'm like, you understand, they play in the AFC South. Mm-hmm. You have so much opportunity there. There is no powerhouse team. It's Every week you're probably going to be competing. Like, Houston could have beat Indy twice this year. Yeah. Like it, that's how balanced it is. So I think you have to look at that as an attraction. It's like okay, AFC South. If we go say four and two in the division, win maybe three games at conference. Next thing you know, we're competing. Damn, what a difference finding a quarterback makes, right? Like right. we wouldn't have this conversation if they didn't have the number one pick. No, definitely not, not at all. Yeah. Especially with a guy coming in like Trevor Lawrence. Man, it's it's so weird because I think I think the big hire that everyone is expecting is Eric Bieniemy to Houston. I was watching that game yesterday, and my buddy Jesse was on the on the pod on the Monday pod, and he coaches at Central Connecticut State. They're a D one double A, dude. They're playing the Hurricanes this year, 
in uh they're gonna go to miami to play and uh my friends and i from college are already planning on going a trip to miami because you know me dog if i if i have any opportunity to go to miami like i'm going right Mm -hmm. and i was just telling jesse i was like yo you guys are gonna get smoked Mm -hmm. he's like no comment i can't say (laughs) i might lose my job but we were talking about the enemy and you know there's always a conversation about there's not a lot enough black coaches in the nfl right and like how did the enemy not get a job last year dude look at where the enemy is now he's still the number one uh head coaching prospect out mm-hmm. there his stock wasn't gonna drop anyway i get it that there's not a there's not enough minority coaches mm-hmm. i totally understand that but my whole thing was i thought it was kind of a ridiculous take because maybe the enemy was like hey you know what i want to do man i want to coach pat mahomes for one more year there's seven six seven hires every year right so and it's not like my stock was gonna go down because we were gonna win thirteen games and mm-hmm. maybe win the Super Bowl again. Right. And you also have to look at the hires. Like one of the more controversial ones was Stefanski, and Stefanski's up there for Coach of the Year right now. Yeah, the, the Stefanski hire couldn't have been better. The way he's helped rebuild Baker. Uh, I think Joe Judge has been a damn good hire. Um, maybe you criticize Mike McCarthy, but I understand why Dallas made the move. I've never been a Mike McCarthy guy, but you know Jerry Jones is going to take someone that has experience. He's going to take that big name. Um, Ron Rivera obviously made sense at the time for Washington. Those were all the hires, right? Or am I missing someone? No, I think I think you— Was you, it only four? You got them. Are we missing someone? I mean, if we go through the vision, the, the, the East had three, right? Yeah. Um, there were none in the AFC East. Yeah. Everyone returned. AFC South, there weren't any. Because Brian Flores, well, no, Brian Flores is in the East. Because you, Cle- you had Cleveland with Stefanski. Yeah, Cleveland with Stefanski. Zach Taylor was already there. Yeah. Um, no, nah, I'm pretty that sure. That was it. So, yeah, there was only really f- four openings. Yeah. So. And they weren't that enticing like mm-hmm. they are now. Like, yo, you got. Oh, I forgot about Matt Rule. Matt Rule, yes. But yes. then, once again, completely unstable hire, and he's. For most part, it's been good so yeah. far. So that's why look, everyone BM me get a job. But you look at the hires across the league so far. I'd say all of them outside maybe Dallas have been successful so far. And like justified. they're 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 trending in the right. Di- yeah. yeah, exactly. Justified. They're trending in the right direction. They're building towards something. Uh, so that's why let's not be too critical. Of yeah, and and also, dude, think about it now, right? Like, Chargers' jobs going to be open. I I hope so, but I'm starting to be concerned. No, dude, there's no way they bring Anthony Lynn They back. shouldn't, but come on, we're talking about the charges here. No, 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 you can't, bro. You I can't. hope not. No, no, no. Come I on, hope not. Let's not get crazy. No, no, but I'm here. I've seen headlines. Yeah? Team, I broke. yeah, like I'm not exaggerating. Easily betting him for, for first coach fired next year then. He's definitely got to be up there. Bro, how do you do that? If you're like, if you're the enemy, you're probably looking at that job too. Like top to bottom, that might be the most appealing job that you can have. If it's available. Yeah, I think that's the one, especially now that Denver announced Fangio's going to be back and Chicago's not going to get rid of... Um, Matt Nagy. Yeah, so that's why I'm thinking, okay, there's only one other team out there that you might question and probably be the Chargers, but I know I keep hearing like this momentum they have. They're winning one-score games now. What momentum, bro? He's cost them nine of them. I know, but they're winning one-score games now. Dude, as we wrap up, man, I want to ask you uh, one overarching takeaway from this covid infested 2020 nfl season Mm -hmm. 
What would you say yours is? A big t- takeaway just across the league? Yeah, just across the league. Um, you want me to tell you mine yeah, first since, you, I, yeah. since I had this question in mind? I think this is the golden age of quarterback play. I really think if you look at the landscape of the NFL, there's probably there's there's 32 teams. I'd say 25 of them, bro, are comfortable with their quarterback. That many? Yeah. Really? Damn. That seems like a very high amount. Yeah, I think there's. I think right now the the quarterbacks that are in the league, there's that many that teams and fan bases are. Yeah, can you be angry at your quarterback? Yeah, I get that. But for the most part, you're like, yo, you know, we can win on Sunday with him. I think this is the most that I've seen. And even if you factor in some of these young guys that have just come into the league, Justin Herbert, um, Joe Burrow, Tua, um, we'll leave it at that. But mm-hmm. like for the most part, you know, Trubisky's hot right now. All right, well, I know, I know, I know. But you know, we got to give the guy credit. He's, you know, they put up a graphic that he's won more games as a starter than Deshaun Watson, and I was like meaningless because there is no one in an open market that would take Trubisky over Watson if they were both available. QB wins the worst that. So dumb. The worst that. Yo, what what stat has changed for you over the years? Uh, definitely passing yards just because it's so inflated now. You yeah. see how much garbage time points come into, come into play. So that'd probably be passing yards. I think interceptions for me has changed a lot. Whereas QBs, yeah, yeah, where I don't want you turning the ball over in your twenty and in their twenty. Mm-hmm. Besides that, they're all basically bona fide punts, right? Like if you throw an interception on third and eighteen, and the team gets it back at their eighteen mm-hmm. yard line, it's like, yeah, you know, it was it was a punt. You just don't want it to be to the point where it's like, well, okay, this is consistently bad. I don't like, want you, you like James Winston yeah, throwing 30, yeah, but I'm yeah. saying if you throw 14 interceptions, but you have 570 attempts, it's like, yeah, that's kind of the ratio that right. I expect. You know, not everyone's going to be Rodgers where he throws the ball 500 times and he has six interceptions. True. You know what I mean? Like, so for me, interceptions is, yeah, don't throw three a game like Daniel Jones mm-hmm. or, or turnovers like that. But for the most part, interceptions, I think that's changed. But, Going back to that initial question, man, I really think that this is the golden age of of young quarterbacks. If I had a takeaway, I think it's just getting harder and harder to play defense. Mm-hmm. I have had a huge issue with the roughing passer calls this year. I think. Oh every- my god, they called one on the Jets. Oh, we chest bumped. Dude, <laughs> I was like, yo, that's terrible. I think man. roughing the pass has become a huge problem. Like it's really affecting games. Like I remember, like AJ AJ Terrell had a blitz on Matthew Stafford earlier in the year where he basically just bear hugged him and. It, but it was like a normal tackle, and they called rough in the passer. There was one. I think it was a. Uh, it was a Seahawks player. He tackled the quarterback, and you can see him in slow motion try to stop him from falling. Right. I still. Did. And they threw a flag. It's, it's like, bro. Slow. Between that and I still think corners have a really short end of the stick when it comes to just how they have to play when it comes to you know using their hands and. You know, bump and run down the field. Like I just, I feel for corners. I feel for edge rushers, or just defensive linemen in general. I feel like they're just getting penalized more and more. And ah, it gets a point because I think ever since the replacement refs thing, where I'm just like, I don't want to continue complaining about officiating. But just like when you see officiating drastically affect games, it's like how can this not be talked about? So yeah, man, yeah. it's for me that's because uh, 15 yards. 
and you and you know when it'll be a first down, it'll be like a third and thirteen. And just because of that now, or if they even go low, like I understand sometimes it's hard. Like you want you don't want a quarterback getting his legs taken out, but sometimes the momentum will carry a defensive line where he doesn't mean to go low, but that's just how it is. We're still gonna penalize him for that. I just hate seeing players get penalized for making fundamental football plays, things they were taught to do, proper technique, and we're gonna penalize him for it. Just not doesn't sit well for me, and I've seen it way too much this year. Man, that's such a good question to ask an actual NFL defender. And I think next time that uh, we get Deion Jones on the show, that's that's one that I think would be a good question for their insight. Mm-hmm. Because, dude, it's so hard for you to have to adjust at that quick second. Like, I catch a pass over the middle and I'm up high, and then I duck down. It's like, bro, mm-hmm. this is a split second reaction. Like, what are you going to do? Where can I possibly yeah, hit the, the guy? The helmet, the helmet, too. It's like the times where if a player is ducking low, it's like, how do you expect me to tackle him? And if my helmet accidentally goes low a bit, like, I'm not trying to leave with the crown of my helmet, but from that angle, like, it's nothing malicious yet. You're still going to call 15 yards? It's just every year I'm saying, oh, they have to make some sort of adjustments to help make the game more smoother, more efficient, and it just never happens. They need to change holding being an automatic first down, defensive holding. That's the most egregious call in, I think, professional sports. Mm-hmm. That's another dance. Third and 18 and defensive holding. Now it's a first down. Suck my balls, bro. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Make it equate the yards. Like, yo, it's third and 18 and it's a holding. Then it's third and 13. Like, an automatic first down is crazy to me, son. Mm-hmm. That's so wild to me. And the worst ones is when it's away from the play. Like, I drop back and I throw a slant to my left-hand side within, like, three steps. When you call defensive holding on, like, a fade route down the right side, it's like, bro, come on. It doesn't affect the play one bit. It doesn't affect the play one bit. Or the other bad call is very similar. Staying with holding on the offensive side, you're running, like, a jet sweep to the left side, and the wide receiver on the right side gets called for holding. Like, I get it. Maybe back backside pursuit with the corner, he Mm. can make a play. But, bro, like, what the fuck? Some of these calls are crazy, but... Anyway, uh, be on the lookout, man, for our year-in-review pod that uh, is going to drop next week. Alan is going to be on that one as well. Um, announcement for the members of the Patreon. So a new wrinkle, a way to uh, give back to, to all of you. Starting in January and every six months, I'm going to be doing this. You know who I got this idea from? Joey Diaz. What? The GOAT. The GOAT. I signed up for Listen my... Listen here, Yeah. <laughs> cocksucker. I, uh, I signed up for my first ever Patreon for the GOAT, Joey Diaz. And he has a wrinkle, Alan, that I thought was really cool and a cool way to give back. And I adopted it here where everyone in the franchise tag and the Supermax tier, it's the $20 and $40 tier on Patreon. Every January and July, you'll be getting a merch item from me. It's going to be a dope one. From crewnecks to hats maybe a bundle and every six months you need to it needs to be consecutive for you in order for you to hit this and it's a way for me to give back to all you guys that help support the show and have made all of this possible right like the studio it comes the patreon helps pay for this so please continue rocking with us please continue the support if you want to join the patreon for as little as a dollar you can five dollars you get extra content six packs episodes early you'll be able to hear the year in review before it comes out if you're on the Patreon. And for all the members that are in the $20 and $40 tier and you've been a member for the last six months, be on the lookout the rest of this week and next week. Either myself or E-Killer from Discord 
is going to get in touch with you guys for your address and your size and i'm going to send out some dope shit to you guys and uh yeah man just a really cool idea i loved it and i'm adopting it over here so patreon.com slash veterans minimum is to find the show i've already given out my spiel in the beginning where you can find me alan where can they find you alan underscore stark a double l e n underscore strk Shouts to producer Eric in the background working the cameras, and we will catch you guys next time. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. You think you got it? I got it for real. You think you got what I got? You think you got it? I got it for real. You think you got what I got? This one for those they forget in my city. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. Homie, go finish your meal. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nikki too ill. Can't let a drop of me spill. Clogging the lane. I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.